And a good Saturday morning to you. We're heading up to 745, and that means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Well, if I had a TV screen, which I don't, uh, I could see that it's Ted Farrell this morning. Ted, good it's morning, good to Dave. see you. Good to hear from you again. How are you? The pleasure's all mine. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. It's kind of a fresh morning. Uh, and I know this, I uh, believe, you can correct me, we'll talk about it at the tail end of the show, that it's kind of a fresh morning. Uh, and I know this, I uh, believe, you can correct me, we'll talk about it at the tail end of the show, that it's the uh, final weekend of the big sale at Haskell's, right? You are correct. And what a great day to do it. I mean, you know, this is one of those days that definitely is a reason why we live in Minnesota. The last, you know, two, three weeks, maybe not so much, but right now that's definitely why we live here. It's Sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. You know, this is uh, all is well in God's country here. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. What What can we chat about this morning, Ted? Well, today, you know, obviously on uh, Sunday is the big day. It's Mother's Day. Yep. And, uh, you know, as they always say, the re- we are the reason why our mothers drink so much. So, you know, it's always <laughs> a good thing to do it. And, you know, one thing I thought uh, that's always a great thing uh, for Mother's Day is to have, you know, obviously you love to have mom come over, maybe make a little brunch or maybe make a little dinner. And the best way to start that out is with a little bit of sparkling wine. And the sparkling wine that I love to uh, promote is Prosecco. Prosecco is such a fun bottle of wine. It comes from that northern area of Italy, the very northeastern portion of the booth, the Veneto region, also Friuli. It's a fun region. And actually, if you're kind of a trivia person, you know, the interesting thing about Prosecco, not only is it a style of wine, it's a great varietal, and it's also a town. So you can, you know, maybe play around with some people with that, you know, as far as a little Cliff Clavin knowledge to know about what the Prosecco is. And, and they've been making Prosecco in that region for almost 400 years, but it's really only in the last uh, 10 years did it really gain a lot of popularity. Uh, and really because it's the price point. Most Proseccos are well under $20, where their counterparts, uh, their cousins from Champagne, are usually in the $50 and $60 range. So the nice thing about Prosecco, it's very, very affordable. One reason why it is so affordable is the method in which they make it. And uh, there's, it's called the Charmant method. Also, in Italy, it's also known as uh, the Martinotti region, but or style. And what that basically means is they get all the the wine, put it into a big stainless steel vat, add the sugars, they add the yeast, and that sparkling fermentation happens in the tank where their counterparts up in Champagne, they actually put the wine in each individual bottle. Then they put the sugar and yeast in there, allow it to ferment. Then they have to scrape all the yeast and all that type of stuff down. So this is a far more affordable uh, way to make it versus what you see up in Champagne. So that's why uh, it's so affordable. And that's the great thing about it. And it's also in a style which the Italians call frizzante, where uh, it's definitely a sparkling wine, but it's a little bit more subtle. It's not those sharp, crisp, big bubbles like you see uh, in Champagne. You know, and as a real generic uh, layman's way to describe it, Champagne is at about six atmospheres where a Prosecco is at three atmospheres. So just right there, you kind of hear it's a little bit more, it's kind of a fizz rather than all those bubbles. But the best part about it, since it is so inexpensive, uh, 
you don't feel too bad about pouring that and making it into mimosas. I mean, what a great way when mom comes over, you have, you know, it's just fun to make mimosas in the classic way. Obviously, you could put a little champagne in, or a little orange juice to cut it in there. And, you know, there's really no proper recipe, whether you want to do just a, a, a third of a glass of champagne or the Prosecco and then the orange juice. Or, you know, you can kind of switch the percentages around whatever you feel. But then there's other things you can do in there. You can put a little uh, you know, grapefruit juice. You can put cranberry juice. There's so many different things that you can put in there to make it fun. And one thing I always say, make sure you maybe have a little fun garnish, whether it is dropping a little raspberry in there, mandarin orange or something, just to make it a little bit more special for that woman in your life that took care of you for all those years. Make sure you got off to baseball practices and football practices, packed your lunch and do all that kind of stuff. It's a fun way to start out that celebration that is mom, without a doubt. Now, also, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to ask you about uh, the differences in Prosecco. Obviously, there's different quality in all sorts of wines. But uh, uh, is it a wide range of quality, or are you pretty safe buying any kind of Prosecco you can find at Haskell's? You're pretty safe. Uh, you know, definitely look on the label. Now, the, the folks in Prosecco have been fighting this for quite a spell, much the same way the Champenois uh, in France have done they have protected the word Prosecco. So now only Proseccos can come from that northeastern region in Italy where, you know, same thing with Champagne. You cannot use that trademark word Champagne unless it comes from the Rennes and Epargnier region. And now Proseccos can only come from there. Where at one point you had you know, people using that term all over. So generally speaking, you know, the Italian Proseccos are just fantastic. You know, there are different uh, – you'll see – on the bottle now, you're seeing some variations, some extra dries coming in, uh, different dosages where some of them are on the sweeter side, some of them are on the drier side. But as a whole, you're pretty safe in grabbing anything that says Prosecco on it. You should be pretty safe. Well, when we're giving mom the treat of uh, some Prosecco or maybe, like you suggested, making a mimosa, uh, what about food? Can you pair food with Prosecco? Does that is that pretty easily uh, paired? Be- Kind of your, your classic uh, food uh, marriages, same thing with uh, the champagne. Generally, it's always kind of fun to serve something a little bit salty. It could be something as basic as a little bit of a potato chip where, you know, those bubbles on that kind of just cut through that. Whether it's also maybe a little smoked salmon or a smoked trout that you might be serving as that, uh, you know, that mousse de bouche or a little hors d'oeuvre when people are sh- uh, showing up. But it does go very well. You know, there are people who love bubbles all day, every day. And it does go well with, you know, if you're doing a lighter fare, a little bit of like a seafood salad, things like that. Um, You know, you probably you can do it. You could do it and serve it with a big steak, but generally more on the lighter side uh, of your fare. You know, some light cheeses, uh, you know, again, hors d'oeuvres that are real simple, real light. But again, if they're saltier, uh, like prosciutto. Uh, it, it definitely cuts that. It's just a wonderful match made in heaven. Well, you mentioned a steak, and I'm thinking, what if mom uh, is coming over tomorrow or today, whatever the case may be, and uh, you said, Mom, how'd you like us to grill you a steak? And she goes, yeah, I haven't had one of those for a long time. What do you, what do you like as far as wine with, uh, with steak? I know your dad has mentioned a couple of different types, Malbec for one. Uh, what, what do you like personally? Uh, well, it, I, some of it will depend on which, where, and what on what I'm doing to the steak. 
generally I like something a little bit bigger, a little bit more bolder. You know, definitely Malbecs are, but I kind of like uh, a good Chateauneuf de Pop from the south of France, uh, dominated by Grenache, but it has Mauvedre or uh, Carrion blended in there and a little bit more Syrah than a Cogeron, so it's a little bit fuller, a real, little bit richer with that spice. Or just, you know, quite frankly, one of the best uh, matches are just very good California Cabernet. I mean, those guys are big, full, giant wines. You know, uh, maybe mom likes that with their big steak. Uh, you know, there's like a Vino Robles Cabernet that comes from the central region of uh, California, a little bit south of San Francisco, north of L.A., uh, very full. That area of Paso gets very, very hot at uh, during the day. And Cabernet just thrives on that. You know, sometimes the Napa Cabernets that show up are wonderful, uh, but sometimes the price points on those can be a little bit higher, where if you shop in that south, uh, the central region, the central coast of California, a lot more affordability, you know, that drops down even in some cases under $20 for a bottle of Cab, but you get a lot of that full, rich flavor. You know, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of Sonoma Cabs that are quite good as well, but that uh, Vino Robles from the central area of uh, California is just one of my favorite go-to wines, especially when you're dealing with those big red meats like that. Just yesterday, Ted, was I was reminiscing about our trips to Sonoma County, the the wine tour we uh, we had the pleasure. I had the pleasure of joining you and your brother Bo and a lot of CCO listeners. How was how that region faring uh, since? You know, I'm thinking about all the fires over the years and. All of that nasty weather. What uh, what's the reading on that area as far as vintages now? Well, the, the 2020 vintage came in. They did have some fires earlier in the season, and they are, you know, they're sticking it out. And again, uh, like many listeners, those winemakers, even though you think it's really fancy, fancy, they're still farmers, and they're dependent on what God gives them every year. Uh, they're, you know, and it's all in. Sonoma is so much bigger, and there's different pockets. There are a few pockets that were affected by it, then there are a lot of pockets that were not. So some of the area even around the Russian River fared a lot better uh, than the, the areas closer to the Santa Cruz Mountains. And it is very funny, very funny, Danny. I think brilliant minds think alike that you bring up our Sonoma trip. Uh, you know, the wonders of Facebook and, you know, social media does get beat up for how it's the latest rebuild, but just recently... Uh, I saw a Facebook post by one of our uh, viewers that came along their path, and it was a lovely picture of she and this uh, other gal who was on the trip. And it's now three, four years, I think, since we did one uh, with COVID and all that type of stuff. And they are still the best of friends, and they met on that trip. And it's just wonderful that, you know, there's the benefit of Facebook. People still staying in touch with one another People still been talking about it, and it's two of our listeners that came on that trip, never knew each other whatsoever beforehand, and still are thick as thieves, kind of communicating with each other, doing things with each other. And literally, it was just an old-fashioned good neighbor trip. Yeah, good point. I'm glad. that was What a great story. That that does happen uh, from time to time with our good neighbor tours. That's, that, that's a fun story. Um, let me ask you another question, uh, and I think your dad maybe mentioned the wine some time ago. And that's something that I re- recall when my wife and I were, I don't know if we were married or dating, so you know it was 100 years ago. But uh, we were at an Italian restaurant that is no longer in existence here in the Twin Cities. And the uh, uh, midsummer, hot weather, 
their air air conditioning uh, went out. So everybody was. Oh, it looked like an Italian movie in August, you know, with with vote vote <laughs> Yes. So I, for some reason, uh, I'm looking at the wine list, and I said to, to the server, um, "You know what? Why don't you bring us? Uh, I don't know if it was a bottle or a glass of sampling. I can't remember, but it was something I never hear anymore about, and that's Verdicchio. Is that still around?" It's around and it does get imported in, but it's still a little bit more of a unique style. It's a very, uh, on the finish, generally, uh, it's a lighter style wine, very kind of acidic and crisp on the finish. So it hasn't been embraced by many uh, American palates, but that is a classic Italian, uh, especially on the, the coast side, a classic Italian white wine where people kind of gravitate toward that, especially with their little fish dishes that they do so well you know, those kind of lemon and caper type fish dishes that are, you know, again, the dish is a little bit acidic and this cuts right through it. So Radicchio is coming around. It hasn't quite made the the big impact that, say, Pinot Grigio did about 15, 20 years ago that everybody embraced it. And it's really because the structure of the uh, grape varietal and the wine itself is a little bit more on the austere side where Pinot Grigio is kind of real soft, real round. People can yeah. sit around it, enjoy it. So universal, where a Verdicchio can be more of an acquired taste. It's a little bit more eclectic. And usually people who do purchase it kind of like, well, like you were just saying, I was rem- you had something to remember it by. You know, yes, oh, we were down right. on the Amalfi Coast, and we had some Verdicchio and thought it was just terrific. And we're recreating the dish there, and we want one of those. Rather than saying, hey, guess what? I'm going to stock up my cellar with a bunch of Verdicchio because right. we just yeah. can't get enough of it. It's at the time. Say, speaking of time, we're just about out of time. But, uh, but t- tell us about the sale that's the final weekend here. You are correct. Our famous spring wine sale is going on right now at all of our 11 uh, metro locations. There's all kinds of fun things that you can pick up for mom, whether it is Prosecco. We also put together, which is kind of fun for uh, mom as well. It's called the Bouquet de Rosé. It's six different rosés, even a sparkling rosé in there. So, you know, if you don't know what to get mom, this is better than a uh, bouquet of roses. Well, but hopefully it lasts longer than roses, but you never know. We could enjoy it all weekend long. And that sale is going on. It wraps up this Sunday at all of our metro locations. And if if the folks at Haskell's can set you up with all the wines, we can't make Mother's Day exactly special, but we can definitely make it better than most. And with that, we have Haskell's all throughout the metro region to take care of you. We have a Haskell's down in Faribault. We also have a Haskell's right in downtown Minneapolis with a lot of free parking on the weekends. We also have a Haskell's out in Minnetonka across from the Ridgedale Shopping Center. Uh, Haskell's in St. Paul right in the Highland Village. Haskell's down at 98th and Bloomington. If you're out on the lake today, you can stop by Haskell's and Excelsior right at the docks. We also have a Haskell's White Bear Lake, Woodbury, Stillwater, and then also our Supercellar, which is up in uh, Maple Grove, or check us out down at Plymouth. And if you can't get to any of those, swing by Haskell's.com. It's open 24-7. We can take care of your curbside needs. We can take care of your delivery needs or just, you know, uh, place the order and get it to you. Good deal. Ted, it was a pleasure today. Great to hear from you, and uh, happy Mother's Day to all. Indeed, diddly-doo. Thank you, Daddy. Great to talk to you. Happy Mother's Day.